I want to ask the same question again. Are there any followers of Jesus in the house? All right, you, you should be excited about that, right? I've been talking about this for, this is our eighth week on this and the subject matter, and I'm excited for this particular message, this closing, this wrapping up, and, and understanding how to give people what they need to go the distance. How many of you know that it's, it's not just about the short sprint, right? But it's about whether or not we actually see him in the end. And we're, we're there until the very end. We, we understand the word of God tells us that the enemy is constantly trying to distract us or detour us or get us off of the, wrong, off the right path and onto the wrong path. And uh, he wants to steal away our faith. And uh, so hopefully today we can uh, help you to understand some of the tactics that he uses and that we can be able to be overcomers in that. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we come to you today. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that we have as far as the body of Christ. God, to be able to come together and to be able to exalt you as we have done through song and through uh, testimony and just cheering one another on. God, I, I thank you for uh, the, the talents and the gifts that you've given to us, even as displayed here with Kaylee just a few moments ago, and, and how people are willing to use their gifts to better the kingdom. I thank you, Lord, for all the events that's already happened today and the other things that's going to happen tonight, for life groups tonight, God. And, and Lord, that as you will just be there in every single gathering, around every single, uh, in every setting, around every table, God, sitting around chairs and, and talking. And, and Lord, I just pray that you will just be lifted up and that you will allow for us as a body of Christ to truly become followers of you that never veers from the path. We give you the praise and glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Once again, excited about the growth track. Uh, week number one starts again, as we said already this morning, had one class, and this afternoon, Pat, uh, Rob had already said that. And so in the fellowship hall, um, there at, uh, at 1 o'clock is, I'm sorry, at noon, not at 1, at noon will we'll be once again, will be our, our growth track. And so it's really important. I, I just can't stress it enough and, and just really want you to understand that, that this is a great opportunity for us at church to, to be unified. So uh, if you haven't come yet or you're wondering about it, and if you're like, you know what, I didn't do this morning, I can't do this afternoon, well, guess what? You don't have to fear because a week from Wednesday, not this coming Wednesday, but you'll be able to get back on week track, uh, track number one, uh, week number one for that week. So looking forward to that. Uh, there's another event I did want to share with you, and it's something I asked for some individuals to do and you guys to consider doing it. And how many of you really appreciated that people are willing to put uh, their life on the line so that you can be safe? How many of you like that? Yeah? Well, that happens on a regular basis, and, and we as a community of faith, uh, there's something being orchestrated and set up on, for April tw uh, 18th. An opportunity when we can show recognition and appreciation to our, our local law enforcement individuals. And we're looking for some individuals who want to write uh, a short little uh, letter or a paragraph or something just expressing your uh, gratitude that you have for those individuals um, in our police forces who are uh, serving us on a regular basis. And, and we really need to get those in right away so we can get those into publication. So if you're interested in doing that, you're a writer, you're someone who expresses uh, your words well uh, in that form of communication or correspondence, and please uh, let us know or just get it into us uh, ASAP here uh, before the end of the week and, and we can get that to the right places. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, you are the ruler and reigner. Think about that. What does that mean to you? You are the ruler and reigner. You are the one who is in, in charge of my life. Um, 
for so many individuals, we have a hard time understanding even that type of terminology because when we talk about ruler, we automatically put up our hands or our arms and say, ain't nobody ruling me. Right? We don't have kings. We're not living underneath this, uh, um, that type of monarch system where someone is reigning over us. We're thinking about how important it is to assess or to apply a relationship with God the Father who wants to be our Father but still wants to, us to understand that, that we're serving Him, He's the Master, and then approachable. And so a lot of the principles that we're talking about when it talks about becoming a follower of Christ, I can see why it's hard to digest for some people. I can see why we, we put in the church a number of different regulations on what it means to become a follower of Christ. We've had good intentions throughout the years, but some of the things that we've done have, have been counterproductive, and we've got to recognize that. Oh, we've done lots of great things. There are people, because of, of people standing in the gap, of people praying, and of people standing for truth and not compromising and things like that, awesome things have happened in the name of Christ. But we've also stumbled along the way. And we've caused for some people who, who wanted to be followers but didn't have everything all together, who made them feel like, you know what, I just can't do it, so they've quit. And we're looking to restore and to put within the individuals whom have been quitters in the past an enthusiasm and a desire to become a follower of Christ once again. How many of you like to see that happen? How many of you like to see people who have thrown in the towel, who have given up, to say, you know what, it's not too late for me. I tell you what, if you're a believing parent here in this place, if you're a believing grandparent in this place, and, and you've seen a wayward child or a child that's gone down the wrong path, your heart is aching right now, and you're hoping that somebody, you're hoping that the church of Jesus Christ will rise up and will say, you know what, we care about those who have gone by the wayside. We're looking for ways to interact with them again. We're looking for ways to, to expose the lies of the enemy. We're looking for ways to help them to have a hope that they couldn't or they haven't had for a good long time. And so that's a lot of the basis of this series. And, and uh, I just want to take a couple of minutes, if we can, and just go over a little bit of review with you, if you can. We, we've discovered in the very beginning of this series that everybody is invited to follow. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how bad you are. It doesn't matter. All of us started at the same place in our following process, and that is on the dirt level bottom. All of us. You, you, everybody. It doesn't matter. It's an invitation to relationship, not to a church. It's an invitation to relationship and not to a religious system. That's what it means to follow. Jesus looked at those people, he looked at those disciples, he looked at Matthew, and, and he says, you know what, come follow me, you wicked tax collector. <laughs> right? He knew what he was. Matthew knew what he was. But he says, come follow me, and invited him into relationship. You might say, well, yeah, we keep on saying that, but what does that mean? You see, we need to understand that being a sinner is a prerequisite. If you, if you got it all together, all right, if you think you've got it all together then you, know, you, you can't be a follower. You don't need to follow someone, all right? Because you've got it all together. But, but we also said having doubts is a prerequisite. You're like, really? Yeah, you, you, you see, we want you, and especially today, I want you to understand, it's okay to wrestle with doubts, but the Lord does not want you to give up on following Him. He wants you to become a courage. He wants you to search and to seek out answers to the questions that you have so that you can become solidified in your faith. 
One of the greatest things that happen for people is when they go through some of the things we're going to talk about today and they come out on the other side of the storm, on the other side of the fire, and they're stronger for it. How many of you been through a hard time before? <laughs> and you thought it was going to kill you. <laughs> you thought it was going to take you out. But guess what? You were stronger for it. Now lift up your hand right again. You said, I was stronger when I got on the other side of it, right? All right? Having done, following re, uh, results in, in, uh, is, is in, we want to get to this point. I put that in there wrong. We want to have an overwhelming faith rather than an overwhelming fear, right? We also understood that followers dress alike, according to Colossians chapter 3, that we should put on these clothes of compassion and kindness, right? And a number of other things. Following, we discover, will eventually cost you. It'll cost you something. We also then last week talked about how followers are great leaders, the great leaders. And, and it takes great work, but it's worth it in the end. So today we're talking about the subject matter, and it is to unfollow. Any social media people here? I don't even know what I'm talking about. What, what particular social media platform uses this, this word, unfollow? Facebook, exactly. Yeah. You know what? If, you, if, if, if someone's putting something on their timeline or on your timeline or posting some things and you've been following them and you've been getting all the updates and such from them, and, and uh, you know, if you're not on Facebook, then you don't have any idea what I'm talking about. But anyway, if you've been doing that and people have been following you, they've been finding out about what's happening in your life. And maybe from time to time some things are going on and you're, you know what? you're just really tired of getting that feed. Maybe they're too cheery, maybe they're too negative, maybe they're too political. I don't know what it is, why people quit unfollowing people, but sometimes you can hit, click a button and you can unfollow. In other words, I really don't want to know anything more about the activities that you have that you're reporting on Facebook. That's what it means to unfollow. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that because there are some people today who are hitting the unfollow button when it comes to God. Because... Because why? We're going to talk about that. Why in the world would somebody who was once saved, who was once a committed follower of Christ, ever click the unfollow button? What would make you do that? And we're going to take a look at that. And so in John chapter 6, verse 26 through 69, there's a whole occasion, and there's a whole storyline and account of some events that took place. But you need to answer this question. You need to consider for a moment, what could cause you or what could cause me to unfollow, all right? And we're going to see some of the challenges that, that, that can come into play uh, with that, all right? Jesus has just been tracked down by some of the, some crowd members whom he had miraculously led, uh, you know, on this particular journey. He had just fed them from five loaves and two fishes. It was a, it was a miracle thing. And so they were pretty excited about this. And, 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 and they had a desire to want to respond to Jesus and to make him to be the king. They wanted to set up this earthly rule. They expected that that was what's going to happen. He was the one who was going to set them free from the oppression that they were experiencing underneath the Roman rule. He was going to restore the Jewish nation to all of its glory. And recognizing that they were not seeing things from an eternal perspective, but from a temporary perspective, he desired to come out of the spotlight, but to stay on mission. His mission was to seek and to save that which was lost, right? So he moves on, but they become followers. And they follow him from one place to the next. And he finds himself, in our particular passage that we're going to read here in a minute, in, in, in a synagogue in Capernaum, north of the Sea of Galilee. And they're sitting there and they're having the discussion. Now, maybe not everybody. Maybe there's some new people that come along. But some of the other people there, they're like, yeah, this was the guy who fed us. 
This is the guy. Watch this. And they kind of started to egg him on a little bit. And, and, and how many of you know, when you see something cool done once, you like to see it done again, right? See a magic trick? You see something like that? Like, watch this guy. This is really cool. And you, and you want them to do that again. Do that trick again. Make that face again. <laughs> you know, some people can do funny things with their bodies, right? They can pop their elbows out and their shoulder blades out. And like, hey, watch him do this. He can do this thing, funny thing with his earlobe or his eyes or nose. I don't know what you can do. But, you know, I don't know why it is, but we like to see people do things that are not normal, that are not natural. <laughs> this was a supernatural feat that Jesus had done. And they're trying to trick him into feeding them. And so... He, he, he tells them, he says, you know what? I, he's perceiving what's going on here. And he says, I sense that there's this teaching moment. And I'm going to teach you about the real food. I'm going to teach you about the stuff that will really sustain you. And we're going to see here that they weren't so open-minded when it came to receiving what Jesus was going to give to them. All right? John chapter 6, verse 42. We'll begin there. They said this. Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I have come down from heaven? Previously in the, in the passage, if you were to read there, and I don't have all of the time to give you all of the backdrop or to read all the passage, Jesus has just come and he says, listen, he says, this bread that I have, you saw what I did. You saw how I created the bread and gave you something to eat. But what you don't understand is that I am the bread of life. And he goes on and he begins to talk to them about partaking of him. And, and he says, I have come down from heaven. And, and there's this little argument that kind of breaks out. And the people who are there, they, they, they're appreciative of what he has done. They're appreciative of him feeding. They're appreciative of the miracles that have happened. And now he goes on and he says, oh, by the way, I'm not here of, from earth. I'm here from heaven. And so people start to say, uh-uh, we know your mom, we know your dad. You're not from heaven. Okay, it's okay that you're doing these things, but listen, don't try to fool us into thinking that you are from heaven. They weren't quite getting it. And then he says this, he, he, he really takes them down this path. He says, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day, for my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Now, they, they, they like the five loaves and two fishes. They like that, that physical thing, but now you're traveling down a path, Jesus, that's kind of making us a little freaked out. How, how do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> You know, they started to take and put the kids away, right? <laughs> like, you can't listen to this stuff. You're, you're talking about cannibalism? You're talking, what, 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 where is this coming from? And it started to make them a little nervous. He starts to lose the, the crowd. They don't, they don't realize that he's talking about a spiritual food and a spiritual life. They don't get it. And it begins to freak them out. They get a little bit nervous. I mean, up until this particular time, the disciples, or the apostles we'll call them, they weren't that at that point in time, but they were, they were followers, the closest followers of Jesus, those ones who were take, going with him everywhere, they were just like, hey, we're, we're, we're lifted up here. We're right there with Jesus. We're his best buds. I mean, you know, whatever thing goes good for Jesus is going to go good for us. And, and that's what they want. But now Jesus, they're recognizing he's starting to lose the crowd. He's starting to lose his influence. He's starting to talk a little wacky. 
Come on now. If you were all there in that moment in time and you started hearing that, be real with yourself and say, you know what? He hasn't talked this way before at all. You're all looking at each other like, you know what he's talking about? You know what he's talking about? I don't know what he's talking about. Well, has he ever said anything to you about this? No, I. Yeah, there's this conversation that's going on. Come on. When you hear someone talk about, eat my flesh and drink my blood, there should be going, bells going off, right? No matter who it is, and, and here it is, Jesus, and he, he is saying these things, and, and the crowd, I mean, he, I'm sure the disciples, they tried to, tried to get him back on, on track and, and tried to help him to say, you know what, we're, we're having our moment here. They're about ready to proclaim you as king. We know that you ran off. You tried to get away from them there, but now they followed you. Don't you see it's time to take your place? And now you start talking this way. They too missing it. And on hearing it, many of his disciples, look at this, this is hard. <laughs> this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? This is what they said. They, you know, uh, no doubt, they were thinking, you know what? Everybody hold on for a moment. We need to have a little powwow with Jesus. This is a really hard teaching. This is really hard to get our minds wrapped around. Jesus knows exactly what's going on. He knows about the difficulty that they're having, the processing that's happening in their mind. And he says this, aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? Now how many of you know Jesus knows quite a bit of things? He knows their thoughts, right? He knows what's going on. He knows, yeah, this offends him. He, he, he can maybe even overhear them, but he, he knows what's going on. I can't lie to Jesus, right? He's going to know about it. He says, then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life, the flesh comes for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. You don't understand the source of this is what he's saying. You're having a hard time understanding that I came from heaven. But how else would I be able to do these things? Jesus had known from the very beginning, right, about what things was going on. Continue reading this with me. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. Now, he didn't say they had to stop being followers because they didn't believe, right? He still wanted them to follow, wanted to be close enough so they could be regenerated. But he says, for Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. He went on to say, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. Then from this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. From this time, this was the beginning of the end. This was when the twelve saw the crowd thinning. This is when they started thinking, I wonder if we might should check out at this particular time too. I wonder if we should push that unfollow button. I mean, it's going to get hard. You, you know what the word of the street is, right? You know that Jesus, there's, there's words out there, there's people who are saying that he's lost his mind. The, the, the stardom and the popularity has gone to his head. And the only thing that's keeping these Pharisees at bay is the crowd. And if we lose the crowd, who, who's to say what would happen next? Some of you have been there. You've been in some awkward moments. You've been in some church services. You've been there and you're like, 
Uh, okay, that happened. I'm not really sure how to explain that. Um, you've seen some people that have been doing things in the name of God and it wasn't very Christ-like at all. And you're like, oh my goodness, that, 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 that's not going well. And, 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 and sometimes we, we've, we've become embarrassed of, of one another, of the things that, that are, have been being done, and we're wondering, wow, how are we going to get this back? How are we going to help people to truly want to keep on following Him? Or maybe something's become inconvenient because something that everybody else was doing, maybe even some other people who called themselves Christians was doing, you found out, you know what, in your spirit, and based upon your understanding of the Word of God, you can't go there. You can't see this. You can't say that. You can't be part of that particular activity. And it becomes inconvenient for you. And you're wondering, wow, this is really getting hard. It's even sometimes embarrassing that, that I have to say that I, I, I can't go there because... I don't believe that God would want me to go there. Oh, your God's in charge of you now. That invisible person. That person who speaks to you and talks to you. Think about some of the things that are hard to process with the fleshly mind when we speak about things, about how the Spirit of God begins to communicate to us and then speak through us. How difficult that is to, to, to digest from a fleshly perspective. It's very difficult. And that's why we have to know the things that we know in the spirit realm. I want to tell you when I believe that there's some times when you may consider unfollowing. All right? And it's this right here. Times when you may consider unfollowing is times of transition, times of trouble, and times of temptation. I want to go back for a moment. Jesus says this, from this time many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. And then there's this question, you do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. And here's what happens. Well, of course not, is what we say at first. Until, guess what? We experience some transition, some trouble, and or some temptation. You're like, no, nothing, nothing. Nothing is ever going to cause me to want to unfollow Jesus. So said Peter. So said one of the biggest loudmouths that we know of. And Jesus looked him square in the face and says, you don't know what you're talking about. Before the, before the cock crows, you will, you will deny me. Never, never, never. Three times, not just once, but three times, Peter, you're going to do it. I share this with you today because every single person in this place needs to understand that the enemy is coming hard after your faith. He's going to try to create situations of transition and of trouble and temptation where you will consider unfollowing. And if you dare not entertain the thought, if you dare not ponder what situations could happen to where the enemy would try to make you weak and cause for you to stumble, then you are a sitting target for him. Bible says that we should make sure that we understand that when you think that you can't fall, that's probably a time in which you could. Some people worry because they're missing opportunities because of the dedication that they have to be a Christian and they're wondering, what am I missing out in life? We have our young people who are 
growing up in our churches and, and all across America and all across the world and, 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 and because some of the connections aren't happening, because some people are more desiring to, to, to hammer things within their minds and, and make them accept or digest things just because that's what I said rather than allowing for them to ask the questions and to develop the faith, the tested, the, the, the trial type of faith, the trying faith that has to happen. The questions aren't answered and sometimes they walk away. In times of transition, our junior highs, our senior highs, our, our, our college students are, are graduating from, from high school. They're going off to schools and, and there's an epidemic that's going on and so many people are walking away from their childhood faith. I say this should not be that way. I say it's so much more important that we would teach our young people about a relationship with Jesus Christ. One that you don't abandon when things get tough. One that you don't abandon when you, when you don't have all the answers to the question. A relationship that, that goes the distance no matter what is happening in times of temptation. Jesus told us. He said this, he said, listen, there will come a time in which the world will hate you because of me. That's not an easy time, is it? Christianity, for a number of these people, to become a follower of Jesus, had been pretty easy up to this particular point in time. Look what he will do. Look at the miracles that he'll perform. But all of a sudden, now he starts to talk about this way. He says, I am from heaven. He says, this is my body. Eat this. Drink my blood. What in the world are you talking about? And he says, it's about a spiritual food. He said, there's something that I want you to understand that you haven't quite been getting and I want you to see here, you know, what happens. Simon Peter has an answer. Simon Peter answered him. Remember the question was? He says, will you leave me too? And Peter says this, Lord, to whom shall we go? He says, you have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. One of the very first things that we're trying to get across in the growth track is that, that, that people would know him better. That you would know him better than what you've ever known him before. And, and Peter says this. He says, I don't understand it all. I don't have answers to everything that's going on. People ask me some things, Jesus. I don't get it. But he says, but to whom else should we go? Where else should we go, he says. Why? Because even though questions tend to complicate things, considering options simplifies them. Some people don't want questions. Some people don't want to, 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 to be uh, put on the hot seat and to be able to have to answer questions. But guess what? Once you start to consider the options, once you start to consider the, the different directions that we can go and how we can explore different possibilities, all of a sudden, we can begin working together as a team, and it begin to simplify some things. Questions that people have should not derail us from where God would have us to go. We just need to consider some of the options that it's going to take in order to get people so they can come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. There's only one way 
Jesus Christ. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. But there are different ways in which we can utilize to help them to have their questions answered. And that's exactly what Peter's doing. Jesus says, will you leave too? Will you go away? And, and, and Peter says, and to whom else should we follow? In other words, I've considered, I've weighed out, I've taken a look at what it means to, to not be a follower of you, and guess what? There's no one else I'd rather follow. Let me, let me, let me back up for a moment. You see, this time of transition, think about what times of transition it's, it's, it's when you start to think about how it is and what transitions you've gone through. Some of you have moved from one particular place to another place. How many of you have done that before? Had to find a new church. Anyone ever have to do that before? Raise your hand if you had to find a new church because you moved someplace. How many of you have gone to a different school? All right. How many of you have transitioned in your job? We're totally things were just, yeah. You, oh, we experience transition. And wherever we experience, you've moved to a different home, all right? Um, and whenever we experience transition, there's always this upheaval. There's always this change. Things are not the same way as what they, as what they once were. There's some people who are so stuck in a rut that, you know, and, and this is not a good or a bad thing either or, but you know what? When you move into a new house, you absolutely have to find a bedroom and you have to put your bed in a certain place because guess what? That's the side of the bed that I sleep on. You don't want to move things around too much because guess what? You'll stub your toe in the middle of the night. You know, we're creatures of habit. And during times of transition, it causes for everything to be upended. And it makes people wonder. It makes us all wonder from time to time. I wonder if things are actually the way in which I was told they were. If things can change this easily then I wonder if I've actually been following in the way of truth all along. And once again, I, I grew up in the church. I've had a lot of people who was poured into me. I've had a lot of stories that have been shared with me. But I had to come to the place in my own spiritual life where I had to quit saying, I can't go to that place. I can't go and be with that person. I can't go and I can't speak that way. Not because it's against my parents. My parents won't let me do it. But it had to be because it was a conviction because of something I believed. And you don't get to that place without transitioning from one place to the next and growing up in Him. And every single one of us have to do it. Every single one of us. A, a belief system that you have is a map. And guess what? You better check out, alright, the destination before you commit to taking the trip. In a time of transition, in a time of when you're, you're moving from one place to the next, you need to know that God's got a plan for your spiritual journey. He's got some place he wants you to go. Trouble. Huh? You think about this, trouble. What, what, what am I talking about trouble? I'm talking about when God doesn't come through in areas where you think he should or the way in which he think, that you think he should. When you would be tempted to hit the unfollow button is when you prayed and you prayed and you prayed and guess what? You've, you've, you've quoted those scriptures where it says, wherever two or three gather together in his name, there he will be in our midst. And whatsoever we ask in his name, it will be given to us. And, and you've done that, you've gathered together with people, and it still didn't turn out the way in which you want. And you're questioning, and you're wondering, and you're saying to yourself, is it me? Is it him? Is, is this really the way and the direction that I should be going? And you're tempted you're, because you, 
Why would you want to follow somebody if things aren't working the way in which you want? Those are the things that the enemy puts within your minds. And you have to know, you have to be ready for the trouble in your life. And you have to know that it's true in James. It says that, listen, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you endure all types of trials. Because you know that the testing of your faith will produce perseverance. And you will find yourself as someone who is an overcomer in the end. That's a summarization, but, but that's basically what trouble cannot and should not cause you to hit the unfollow button. But guess what? In many people it does. And the last thing is this, in temptation. I mean, there will come a point in time where young men and young ladies in this place, maybe old men and old ladies in this place, will be considering about a, a, a partner, a life partner, and, and you will be considering whether or not you should be with someone, and, and you'll be wondering about uh, if this would be, would be God's will for your life, and, and, and you might wonder for a little while, and, and you might see some things in their life that really doesn't gel or doesn't, doesn't conform with what you thought it would be of someone who's really seeking hard after God, but you... Because you wonder whether or not this is the one would consider sacrificing some of your values in order to be with this one because you don't know when they'll come around again. What a shame it is to sell ourselves out because guess what? It's tempting. It's tempting. Do you know how many people, Pastor, don't have any problem with participating in some of the activities that, 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 that you say we, we shouldn't participate in. I'm not, I'm not trying to even come up with a list. But you know what, Pastor? You live a pretty rigid life. You try to keep uh, uh, things of, of evil out of your life. You don't, you don't look at those things on a regular basis. And, and, I mean, not regular basis. You don't look at those things. And you, you try to... You, you try to get things out of your view and you try to... You remember the song that says, Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little mouth, what you speak. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. And you're fully aware of hearing and seeing and touching and being in places where you shouldn't be. The temptation to touch and to be in some places is, is, is potentially damaging. But guess what? You look and you see other people in the world who are claiming to be followers of Christ and they're doing this, the same thing that you're told you cannot. And you consider hitting the unfollow button. But you've you got to get this. You've got to get what Peter's response is. And this is his response. He says, to whom shall I go? Jesus is looking at him He's saying, okay, this is tough. You said it's tough. You said it's hard. I get it. Do you want to leave me too? I mean, they've they got to be truthful. He knows everything. Well, yeah, you know, kind of thinking about that. <laughs> kind of wondering about that. And then Peter, though he doesn't have all the answers to his questions, though he doesn't know the motive and in, in, in such behind what Jesus is doing here, he says, you are the one to whom we have come to believe in. You are the one to whom has basically touched and transformed our lives. To whom else should we go? What Peter recognizes here is this very important principle, and that is that when you choose not to follow, you are actually choosing to follow someone or something else. When you choose not to follow Him, then you're actually choosing. And that choosing may not be 
as vivid, or who you're choosing may not be very vivid. Many times, it's just our own desires. We could be choosing to follow ourselves. Now, I don't know about you, but I do know about me. And there's mistakes that I've made throughout the years that I'm a little leery of being, following me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> as far as it was all dependent upon what I said. I have to rely upon the Spirit to guide and to direct me as each and every one of us who are here need to do the same. He says, to whom shall I go? And he says, well, this is what I figured out. He says, as long as I'm following you, I know that you have made me feel filled up. You have made me complete. And there's been some transitions that's happened in my life that surely it's, it's been a little bit challenging. It's been a little bit overwhelming. And there's been some trouble that's come along. I mean, Jesus, you do understand that they're, they're talking about killing you. And you're talking about you dying and giving your life up. I mean, that's a little troubling to me. Does it make me want to hit the unfollow button? You know, Jesus, this, this, this stuff of uh, temptation, I'm, I mean, there's, there's things that I, I have desires for. Things that this world has to offer. And he says, yeah, I know. But it won't help you to grow. He says, you should live a life that is set apart. You need to consecrate yourselves, he says. He says, follow me. Be holy as I am holy. Be set apart. Recognize that, that you can't buy your salvation. You can't do anything good enough to deserve it or earn it. But let me tell you something. The, some of the things that the world has to offer, you should not be participating in because it will pull you away from the Lord. To whom shall I go? I believe that we as a church at Central need to create a culture that encourages people to ask questions. And if they don't get the answer to their questions, that we will come around them with arms of love and we will say, hey, let's just sit down again. Let's get another cup of coffee. Let's grab another breakfast. Let's have another time in which we're, we're able to sit down and try to answer your questions and help you through the transition, help you through the trouble, help you through the times of temptation. And, and you know what? Rather than being castaways, rather than throwing people out or throwing people down, I'm not saying that's been the, the pattern of this church at all. I'm just trying to say that sometimes we... We do it without even thinking about it. We give up in our minds a whole lot sooner many times than what we do uh, with, with, our, with our hearts and, and stuff. We, we, we just kind of like, is, is, can anybody change this situation is what we think? And I've, yet I've talked to some of you. And you were the least likely candidate to be saved. You were the least likely one in your family. You were the troublemaker, brother or sister. And people are looking at you and saying, and that person's in church? You've come out of school, some of you older people here today, and, and, and some of your schoolmates who knew the, 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 the type of lifestyle that you lived before, and you're in a church today? And they're just like, whoa, there is a miracle working God. <laughs> but not everybody's that way. We've had some people who've checked the unfollow button. I want a praise team to come if you would, please.
there are some individuals here today I believe that have allowed for the fear of what God would ask of you overwhelm you because you think that you can't live up to his expectations for you. And no one wants to be a failure so some people just click that unfollow button. It's not because they've automatically become unbelievers. It's because the pressure of the, of the temptation has just become so powerful. They thought that they couldn't say no. You thought you couldn't say no to alcohol. You thought you couldn't say no to, 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 to promiscuous behavior. You thought you couldn't say no to drugs, illegal drugs. Or you thought that you couldn't say no to, to the pressure to, to get involved with things that, that are going to take you down a path that's going to forever change your life. You thought it was too hard. In those times of temptation, in those times... And, but, but, you know, it's not even about that because what happens is, miraculously, when you demonstrate and say, Lord, I'm following you no matter what. I don't have the answers to all of my questions. But one thing is for sure, I'm not going to check the unfollow button. I'm not going to quit following you. I'm going to go hard after you. And I believe that somewhere out there, there are people who are like-minded with me, who will grab a hold of other people and not let us slip through the cracks. No matter the trouble, no matter the trial, no matter the temptation, there's people who's willing to grab a hold of me, kind of shake me around a little bit, and then love me into the kingdom and be able to say, here, you can make it, you can do it. I know it's tough, but guess what? I'll walk this path with you. That's why this series is for, for the whole body. It's not just for those people who aren't here with us yet, but it's for us here at Central that we would realize our job, our role, and everything that we can become is to encourage people to become followers of Him. They're wanting to check out. They need people to fight for them. I choose to fight for those who are considering unfollowing God someone could have came in here today and they may be sitting right next there right, right beside you right now or in the seat in front of you or behind you and you have no idea what's going on in life you have no idea about the transition that's happening or the trouble the temptation but wouldn't it be awesome if we were so spiritually sensitive that regardless about how hard it is or how awkward it is that we would be praying and asking the Lord on a regular basis Lord communicate to me how I can pray and how I can minister to my brothers and sisters essential today Communicate to me how I can bring an encouraging, uplifting word. How I can be able to, to just spur them on, as the Word of God says that I should do. Because that's the environment that we need. Amen? How many of you would agree that that's the environment we need? Amen? Bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, we come here right now. We come here and we thank thankful, Lord, for you to work in our lives. We're thankful, Lord, that you don't give up on us that you keep on working no matter what, and, and you have given to us, God, hope. You've given to us plan. You've given to us an example. You, Jesus, walked it out. You laid it out on the line there for, for individuals, and, and, and you said, listen, are you wanting to leave me as well? But we realize, even in this moment, that to, to, to leave you is to follow something else. It's to follow my desires. It's to follow someone else, some other person who's, who's going to have temporary existence. 
God, I pray that you would help us. Help us to realize we need to check, follow over and over and over and over again. But we can only do that when you become the center of it all. So we ask right now by the power of your Spirit that, Lord, your Spirit will do what we cannot do in the natural and you will help us to see. Help us to see what a beautiful thing it is when we put you in the center, when, when, we, when you lead us wherever we're going to go. And we're willing to follow no matter how many times we fall. Thank you, Jesus. Every head bowed and every eye closed in this place today and there's some individuals who's being moved by the Holy Spirit and you recognize that there are some challenges that you're having in your life because of the decisions that you've made. You're recognizing that, that there are some hard spots that you've actually brought on upon yourself and, and, and you're just like, you know what? I need God's forgiveness. I've ventured down this path. I've made things difficult. I haven't given Him an opportunity to work in my life. I haven't let Him be the Lord of my life because He's not the center. But today, today I want Him to be the center of my life. He's not in the right place right now in my life. But right now I want to make Him the center. If that's you, would you lift up your hand in this place today? Come on, where are you at? I want to make Him the center. Come on, where are you at? Yes, there's over my right. I got one. I got two and three. Come on, where are you at? All across this place. Four. Yes, come on. Where are you at? You can put your hand down. God bless you. I'm going to make him the center of my life. I'm going to make him the center. I want to move him from far left or from far right into the center. I, I, I don't want to see him as just a peripheral, just an add-on to my life. But I want him to be the center. I don't want to be tempted to check unfollow. I want to come through the, the trials. I want to come through the transitions. I want to come through the temptations. Will you pray with me for these people that just raised their hands right now? These individuals that, that this spiritual process, process and, and path that they're choosing right now will be completed. Will you do that with me? Heavenly Father, right now, you've seen these individuals who raised their hands. And they said, I want to make Jesus the center of my life. And for whatever reason, whatever questions have been unanswered, He's not yet came to the center, but I invite him into the center right now of my life. Thank you, Lord, for doing that. Oh, well, for everybody in this place, I believe I have a prayer that would just, I, I think it would be a great prayer for us all to pray. And, and, and you pray it if you want, but if it's not comfortable for you, then, then, then I'm not trying to trick you or anything like that. But, but if you are wanting to be a follower of Christ in this place today, say this prayer after me. Say, Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending Jesus your son to walk upon this earth to die upon the cross to be raised from the dead to give me life everlasting I thank you for helping me to make sense of the things that I have not always understood help me Holy Spirit to know you more I thank you for your patience with me. And I ask you to grow in me. In Jesus' name. Here's what we're going to do. i like everybody in this place to stand to your feet if you would, please. We're going to sing this song one time through. And here's the thing. I believe that there's some people here today that are going through times of transition. They're going through times of trouble. They're going through times of, of temptation. 
And I think that one of the things that the Bible says to us is that, that we should confess our sins one to another, that we should let each other pray for one another. And so we're going to open up these altars. Alright, that means we're going to let you, if you're a guest here today, we're going to let you just go ahead and, and come down here uh, along with everybody else that wants to. And say, you know what? I recognize right now the attack that the enemy is bringing in my life. And he's coming and trying to get me to check unfollow. But I'm coming forward right now. And I'm asking for people to pray that the strength would be in me, that I'd be able to resist the enemy. Will you, will you do that with me? Anybody who's serious about that right now, step out of your seat right now. Come on down here. Come on down here right now. Right now, there's some areas. There's some trouble that's going on. There's some transitions going on. Come on out. If you want prayer, go ahead. Step on down here, please. Someone begin to walk with these people right now. You begin to walk with them. People want to pray with them. Go ahead and come right now. Come right now. Come right now. Come right now. Right now. Don't wait. Don't wait. You, you want to pray with somebody. They have some trouble. They have some transition. They have some temptation. They have something going on right now. Come. Put your hand on somebody and pray. Father, right now. Go ahead. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 